you. I hope you're do all doing wonderful. And I did two episodes last week. What? I can admit that second one is probably not my best work, but whatever. Um, we're on to chapter three. Troublesome. It's currently snowing here again. Um, I also don't think we'll have another snow day because it's supposed to stop about 7 a.m. tomorrow. So I figure I wake up at my regular time. I get dressed. I clean off my car, shovel around all the cars, and then I snow blow it all. And then I come in, depending on the time, maybe do a quick workout, maybe just to get like a good stretch in because my driveway is a workout in and of itself. And then like I shower and get ready for work and I'll still probably be there on time, if not a wee bit early. And I know people who live closer that will not like it, but oh well. I also drive, and I don't know if I mes mentioned this in my like snow day episode, I also drive a very small tin can car, as my boyfriend puts it. So um, it's been through a lot of winter weather with me. It'll be fine. I don't have to take the highways this time, but it'll be fine. And no update on the new new car look. Um, he also says between like end of March, April, May, a lot of people will be looking to get rid of their vehicles, their winter vehicles for something cute for summer. And that's probably when we'll have the best time. And I've, he showed me this orange Jeep Wrangler that I actually really liked. It wasn't four door, but like whatever. Um, so people don't ride in my car because they don't want to climb over. That's fine. I, I didn't want to carpool with you. I wanted to drive alone so I can leave when I want to. But um, he didn't want to go look at it. And I, that was, honestly that was fine with me after my experience with the other gentleman but um he did find one he liked but it was manual and the only issue is I don't know how to drive a manual and because it's winter like the middle of it now would not be the learn now would not be a good time to learn it because I don't know if I'd be skidding because I'm learning how to drive it or because there's, you know, ice on the ground. So I did tell him when the, t you know, when the time comes and everything, if we find, and now it's in my mind, I would like a four-door Jeep Wrangler and been manifesting it because like manifestation can work. I felt like it did when I got my job. So good vibes. But I did tell him if the price is right and we find a four-door Wrangler. Um, there isn't really a color I wouldn't want. I mean, I'll, I'll drive a yellow one. School bus, whatever. If the only thing is that it's a manual, we can go and look at it. And he told me that his brother would actually teach me how to drive because he has more patience. I don't know if either of those uh, McLean boys have it, but we'll find out. And I... But I told him, I go, if that's the only thing that it's manual, I'll learn to drive it. It's fine. Um, it's probably a skill I should have. And he's like, yeah. But then I will have a, hopefully I will have a Jeep. So next, you know, next winter I can just drive over them snow mounds. 
I could put a plow on it and plow my way to work if I really wanted to. Pick up other people and be like, hey, we can go in. They'll grumble, but it's fine. But it is currently snowing. We've probably got a couple inches already. I did get up early and I actually went to the grocery store before it started. And it was no busier than any Sunday, I figured. I went because I'm making soup. I'm making Zuppa Toscana soup. Um, the Olive Garden has it. It's the one with sausage, bacon, kale, potato, onion. Um, it's delicious. It's just simmering upstairs, ready to be eaten. And then I got donuts on my way home. I pre-ordered yesterday. I've already eaten one, but I did a really sweaty workout. And so we're just, we're chilling at home. We're vibing. And, you know, it's a fun, relaxed Sunday. Football's going to be on soon. I hope the Lions win because that'd be amazing. Root for the underdog. I know the Patriots have done shitty the past couple of years. It's fine. They did shitty before we got Tom Brady. We're going through a phase. A lot of teams are. It's whatever. It's the only sport I kind of care about, except I've gotten into F1 recently because of, you know, my boyfriend. So I think that starts at the end of March, early April. So like F1 girly, uh, Red Bull's going to win all of them because it's gypped. They need to be looked into. But what else? I can't think of much else really that's going on here. So we'll just we'll jump right into the episode. Um, I will give a spoiler alert now that uh, if you have not watched episode three of Death and other details, pause this, go watch it, and come back. Because the only... Spoiler alert. Spoiler warning, spoiler alert. This whole thing. Unless you don't care, then welcome. All three chapters, I should say, are available on Hulu. Hashtag not sponsored. New ones drop every Tuesday. Pretty excited. It's getting really good. And that's about it. So let's just dive right in. We see a black and white shot of the Varuna. And then we see Danny is the gentleman on the other side taking the photo. And I'm going to warn you now, I'm going to go back and forth between calling him Danny and calling him Keith. Because some people do not realize Keith is Danny. They don't know Keith was an alias, an undercover name. And we hear Rufus say, Reader, we've been here before, two days before, the murder, the day the Varuna set sail. Anna and Imogen are chatting, and it's, we've seen this scene before, Anna saying 10 days on this ship, and, you know, sorry for dragging Imogen along, and Imogen's like, it's fine. And they're just retelling what we already know. And we hear Rufus continue. I'm going to tell you the same story a third time now. You can figure out what's different. The trick is to look again. But through new eyes. The eyes of a stranger. An amateur. The eyes of a fool, if you like. Keith, a.k.a. Danny, is watching uh, Maitre D loading these uh, briefcases onto like the hotel dolly that you get. And Llewellyn, that's the lawyer. I finally figured out how to say his name. He asked Llewellyn like, wow, those must be important. 
and Llewellyn kind of gives him a dirty look. And Keith introduced himself and Llewellyn's like, oh yeah, the toilet manufacturer. And Keith is like the flushing part of the toilet. So I'm assuming the handle and then the inside with the chain that pulls it. And when it breaks, it's the worst thing. Because you have to stick your hand in the back of the toilet. And we've all been like, oh, this is so gross. It's clean water in the tank unless someone's done an upper decker. And if you don't know what that is, uh, Urban Dictionary. But we stick your hand in thinking it's gross when it's just cold and it's fine. And you wash your hands, so whatever. And... Keith asks about the Chinese money because he's heard about the deal that's going to happen. And he Keith also tells him, like, digital files are better for the environment and, like, a lot less effort. And Llewellyn is just continue to giving him a dirty look and, like, rolling his eyes. We hear Rufus again. People mistook Danny for a fool. It was his quiet superpower. Get him to underestimate him spill their secrets didn't cost him much until it was the end cost him his life we now see a split screen and we see danny alive two days before and we now see current time present danny in a body bag Uh, rufus and agent hilda erickson are in like wherever they're keeping his body And she's looking at her stopwatch alarm clock thing. And her clock strikes nine. She picks up a recording vice. And she speaks into it. Agent Hilda Erickson. ID number whatever. 7160. It is Thursday the 24th at 9 a.m. And she is going over to look over the body. And she mentions Rufus is there, and he is the civilian consultant. And she goes on to ask Rufus how long Danny worked for him, and he tells her long enough. And they figured the killer has entered his room without a weapon because they did not intend to kill him. Obviously, it escalated. It probably wasn't a physical fight until it was um, Danny liked to drink to excess but that wasn't quite Danny's thing it was more Rufus's thing uh, Hilda notices that Rufus's hand is unsteady so he's been uh, sobering up and she also tells him to maybe drink more water and it would you know even him out it would help his complexion And now they must go to his crime screen, uh, a.k.a. Danny Keith Trebinsky's room. We now see Anna calling Llewellyn. Still has no idea where he is, so Llewellyn must still be locked in the closet, dressed in his weird, um, like, BDSM outfit. And mentions that Cecile wants to pull the ripcord, and I giggled when I heard that. She runs into Layla, and Layla's going to the pool. And Anna is like, oh, well, we'll try and spend some time together. She seems very sympathetic, but I don't think that that's the first thing on her mind. Imogen asks about Layla, and Anna tells her, you know, she's fine. 
you know, has done the usual sweep of her room for listening devices. Um, Anna is ridden with anxiety and she can't find a knife for her silly little omelet. So she throws it over her shoulder. Uh, she has anxiety because she needs to close this deal like ASAP and they've been trying or she's been trying to do it for like the past eight months and it's kind of end all be all at this point. Uh, Imogen asks Anna like what are you going to do about it and Anna mentions you know she has a meeting with Grandma Chun and it flashes back to that meeting and Little Grandma Chun is watching some sort of novella. And, you know, they're so close to closing this deal. And Anna insists, you know, none of us have anything to do with this murder. And if they are to sign this deal, they'll get, you know, a foothold in the United States. And they'll also gain a heritage name. Whatever that means. And... You know, Grandma Chun looks at her in the face and tells her, well, I need to hear this from the whole family. I want to meet with the whole family. And you have 24 hours to get it together. We now see Teddy. She's joined with her staff for breakfast. And they're chatting about the prior events the night before. No one has slept. And it flashes to last night. And Winnie is being talked to by Teddy. And, you know, another staff mentions how this is all bullshit. And the staff always gets looked at in these types of crimes or issues. And Teddy rest assures them she will lie for them and she will keep the family safe. And they mention some other woman who previous bow probably named Alice and how she slit her wrists and threw herself overboard and no one looked into it they just like moved on with life and they're just used to being treated like shit but they should watch their steps like we get treated poorly but we need to watch our backs to make sure we're safe we are now with Jules and Jules wants Sunil the owner of the boat to dock the ship Uh, You know, a man died on his watch and, you know, now they have the world's greatest detective looking into the murder. And Jules still, you know, is like, come on, dock the ship. You should be worried because, like, this is happening. And Sunil's just worried as to why Jules wants to get off this ship so bad. Back with Rufus and Hilda and, you know on the deck and she's thanking Rufus for his notes and he tells her to disregard his typographical errors which would be anything I've ever written Uh, Rufus has come to say like it's probably too early for a theory and Hilda's like yeah probably but what's your theory and he tells her she won't really like it And Rufus goes on to point out her traits. You know, she used to have her ears pierced, but she doesn't wear earrings anymore. She doesn't like the embellishments. And she also will not 
like his grand theories because they'll bore her. And she has no room for frivolity in her life anymore. And she really just likes to be efficient. And being efficient is great, but sometimes you need to go through it. And she's now looking at her phone. And Inspector Frederick says hello. We have not met Inspector Frederick yet. He's just a man on a phone. And Hilda tells Rufus, you know, she enjoys reminiscing. And tells him to, to keep his theories. They'll probably come in handy. And she read his book. And, you know, 9 out of 10 times, it's a straightforward solution. Uh, very meat and potatoes. She uses that analogy quite a bit. So they go to his room, to Danny's room, and there's no fingerprints. But if you remember, housekeeping was in the room when they found him. So there was probably some cleaning. And some of those fingerprints probably got wiped white up. Uh, his brown journal is missing. Apparently Danny never went anywhere without it. And Hilda figures motives, motives must lie within it. And the murder was not violent, but they did find the watch and the watch with the cracked screen that Imogen did in the first episode. That feels intentional. And Hilda deduces it's probably done with force. Like with a hammer or, you know, maybe a boot heel, high heel. And we see the stomp. And the watch stopped at 2.16 a.m. And that falls within the missing uh, time footage that security doesn't have anymore. So Hilda deduces that the killer broke in to smash the watch. They got into some sort of argument that ensued. And grabbed the harpoon gun and killed him and then just you know deleted the footage meat and potatoes very meat and potatoes um rufus rushes to imogen and tells her it's what they expected she found the watch and now hilda is off and it is now officially a race between interpol and rufus and imogen to figure out who killed danny we now see Anna still actively looking for Llewellyn. Maybe she should get his room keys and like go poking about. That seems more reasonable. Uh, she calls Teddy for the security files. And we see Teddy telling Winnie not to question the authority in front of the staff, a.k.a. their family. And that the flowers that Winnie is working on currently need to be brighter and Imogen is kind of listening into that little chat they're having and she goes to follow Teddy and we see Teddy about to enter Sunil's office but gets a phone call instead and goes to respond to whatever's said on the other end of that phone call and as she walks away uh, Imogen is able to stop the door from closing 
Anne enters Sunil's office and goes to that extra safe that he has and try to crack it. We are now with Alexandra and Toby. Alexandra, if you remember, is the governor of Washington and Toby is the African-American priest that the Collins have on their payroll. And his son is on TikTok playing like a live game of shuffleboard. And Alexandra goes on to talk about a childhood shooting that happened to her when she was in sixth grade. A friend of hers was shot and killed and had like a young child. And now that child will not be provided for. And she decided on that day that she was going to find the bad guys and put them away. And she knows something weird is going on and she needs the answers. And they need to answer the questions for Interpol. And she's the one that, if you remember, made the phone call to send the bar cart to Keith's room. And it's going to look like maybe she sent the kill her to him when she didn't. And she just needs to know who made the request to Lawrence about some sort of super PAC. We fully don't know what this, this super PAC is. And she's telling Keith, or not Keith, she's telling Toby all this. And Toby reminds her he put her in power. He can easily take her right out. So, shady shit is going on. Uh, Imogen is trying to figure out the code to the safe. And Teddy is right behind her and just says, right, left, right, right. And Sunil is with her. And Teddy threatens to tell her friends and Interpol that, you know, Imogen is a thief and is a bad one. And Imogen begs her, you know, please don't do that. And Sunil gives Teddy a look, intrigued as to why she's doing all this, and tells Teddy to leave and, like, don't tell Interpol. And Teddy tells him, you know, there are easier ways to meet women and, you know, make sure she checks her pockets on her way out. You know, they didn't five-finger anything. Uh... You know, Imogen or Sunil goes, oh, did uh, Coatsworth send you here to burgle me or or whatnot? Because, like, you could just get a subpoena and that would just make it so much easier. And Imogen's like, or we could just look anyway. It'd be quicker. And she goes on to tell Sunil this you know, what information we could find could possibly solve, you know, Keith slash Danny's murder. And we get a flashback to Danny telling Rufus they need to get the hands on the books because it possibly could solve that little girl's mother's murder. And Imogen is telling Sunil they could have been, you know, blackmailed and paying that person to keep quiet and that person would be the Victor Sam character whom we've not seen, just we've heard of. And if 
And if they're wrong, they've just wasted an hour of each other's times. Like, it's not that bad, is it? Anna, again, is on the phone wanting to know how much they can afford to lose. She's talking to Steve. I'm assuming that must be, like, the family's business banker person. Financial advisor is probably more what Steven is. And she is outside Tripp's room and you know she hangs up the phone you know get back to me when you have these numbers and she knocks on the door Tripp opens it and she tells him you know family meeting and she looks into his room and she sees it's a mess and she's like uh making progress are we and progress on sobriety maybe we don't fully know and Trip goes on to rest assure Anna, like, I didn't kill anyone. But, like, what if Keith knew whatever this information is and, like, told someone else and that someone else is what got Keith killed? And Trip, you know, rest assures Anna that, you know, he's doing the court order, anger management, and something to do with a golf cart. I'm wondering if he, like, ran someone over. We don't know. Again, Llewellyn still missing. And Steve calls again and tells him, you know, 2.5 million maybe is as much as they could. T- I don't know. 2.5 million dollars. And apparently he's at a Little League game and Anna is not happy about that. Hilda and Rufus are following Teddy to the security room. Um, they will need the current code and any past codes that possibly could have been used. And uh, Hilda comments on the security crew's loyalty to Jules and ask how he got the, pos- the position. And just, it was kind of like, oh, well, he met Sunil like a month ago. Sunil liked him and he got hired. So nothing really like thorough, no background checks or anything. And apparently Jules was supposed to be on duty that night, but, like, never clocked in. Apparently he fell ill, he took a pill, and then, like, went to bed. And uh, Rufus asks Jules for an alibi, and um, we just see a flashback to Jules and Imogen having sex. And it's it's not ensued, it's believed that you know no one can confirm his alibi because his alibi would be Jules's alibi and probably wipe them off from what has happened even though she crushed his watch but still an alibi um someone stole seven minutes and 20 seconds of security footage and that person could have been from Jules's team maybe a guest got the code why aren't there any cameras below the deck? And Teddy says, well, sh- you know, we trust the crew. And, you know, did you run background checks on everyone? Doesn't seem like it because Jules pretty much got like picked up off a street and said, you look fine. You can be the security director. It's wild. I got a background check for my job. So th- maybe you should get one for security. Um, Anna 
asks Eleanor, runs into Eleanor on the pool deck, if she's seen uh, Layla. She can't find her. And Eleanor looks at Anna and says, wow, girl, you look stressed. Like, let's get you some vitamins. And, like, has the nurse who's, it's it's like a banana bag, one of those things, has, like, the nurse or whomever that person is, you know, I'll go get one for my friend. And Anna looks at Eleanor and says, like, you're using this murder to sweeten the terms. And Eleanor tells her, like, I don't like Leela, uh, Layla for you. And they're kind of having a moment. And Anna tells Eleanor, like, I would have done anything for you. But you disappeared for six months. I never saw you again. I got over you and found Layla. So, like, don't tell me that when you are part of what caused this issue. A real kind of like heart to heart. So I could see Anna dumping Layla on this voyage and getting back together with Eleanor. And then, you know, they get married and all the financial woes are solved. Uh, Sunil now opens the safe and they're going through all the papers. And it's just a bunch of like tax returns and financials for the past 50 years. Um... There were good times, but the good times are over, and now everything is liquid, a.k.a. they're a uh, little broke. We are now with Rufus and Hilda, and she's having, she's eating. Rufus is just kind of joining her, and he's talking about the Swedish royal family and something about the queen and her son and going to the bathroom and he walks in on him and he saw the family jewels and Rufus is like they were very small family jewels it seemed important but not that important and Hilda goes on to say how they are relics and nowadays people just rely on the data and cameras and they are overlooked as detectives but Hilda is on the fast track to the truth. Um, and she tells him she read his book because she got got that quote from his book. Uh, Rufus, go, you know, excuses himself from their little chat to go talk to Imogen. And she tells him she found the files and it's a disaster. Anna still cannot find Layla. And so far, they can't find any. We're now back with them, Rufus and Imogen. So far, they can't find any blackmail. It's just finances from the last three generations. Most businesses don't make it past three generations. And they, can, they don't understand why the Chuns would want to put any sort of money into them. We still don't know that either. Imogen finds a blue piece of paper that, you know, sticks out amongst the rest. It's a bill of ladding. It looks like a receipt. Um, it's for two tons of caption blue. And this just reminded me, if you remember in the first episode, Lawrence takes a sip of what looks like a blue smoothie. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, Sunil mentions that he failed science, so he would not be able to tell them what, you know, Caption Blue is. 
Rufus goes on to say it's an ultra bright, ultra bright pigment. Um, and it was banned because it could cause cancer and Alzheimer's and all these other sort of terrible ailments that no one would want. And it was banned in 1989, but there's no date on this receipt or it is very hard to read. So they don't know if this is linked in any way. Imogen gets a phone call from Anna. Still can't find Layla and Anna you know, rest assured Imogen that, you know, every everything is fine. It is fine. Um, and Imogen is just very hung up on this case, now on this receipt, and hopes maybe it's related to her. And Rufus tells her, like, don't have preconceived notions. And, you know that you're so focused on the possibility of this solving your mom's case. And, you know, anyone could have killed Danny. And Imogen has stopped paying attention, as in she stopped paying attention to the little things that could matter. And we're now back to the night of when Rufus is questioning everyone Imogen and Anna are hugging and she's just looking at all the guests around her and he's telling her clues are slipping by you because you're so focused. You have tunnel vision on one possibility when we need to open up our horizons and see more and maybe it can lead to what you ultimately want. Uh, we see Anna entering her mom's room. And you hear the shower running, so she goes up and knocks on the door, and she's like, Mom, Mom, Mom. So she knocks, there's no response. She just opens the door as I think a child would, because, like, this is important. I need your attention. Um, instead, she sees her mom in the shower with Toby, Pastor Toby, and, you know, Anna was being very careless or they were being very careless because we now see Catherine and Toby fully dressed but talking you know they were being careless but Catherine tells Toby you know Anna will understand and Toby's worried about this because this could end his career his church everything you know he's one of those rich church guys that like f flies a private plane and probably has like a really great car but doesn't fully give back all his money and Catherine, you know, re reassures him that once the marriage issue is resolved, they can be together. But, like, they go on to make out on the bed. So, obviously, her marriage does not matter that much. Imogen is at the bar looking at the receipt and just studying it. When she turns around and she sees who? Oh, Layla. And she's walking by, like, a breakfast cart type thing that has refills of knives, forks, plates. Uh, she takes a knife from the cart. And we flash back to four months prior in Seattle. Anna's on the phone with Eleanor, chatting business. Imogen asks Anna about Layla and, you know, can I see her? How's she doing? And Anna goes, yeah, did you leave your phone in the car? And Imogen goes, oh, yeah, like 5G messing with all that. And Anna 
changes her mind. You don't need to see her. You're not taking this seriously. And is informed that she has found a knife under their bed. So Imogen is worried for Anna's safety because Layla is sleeping with a knife under her bed. Imogen decides to take it upon herself to follow her. And she follows her below the deck. She sees her grab like a, a big thing of rope. And she sees her grab another knife. And she's going further below deck. And then she just like disappears and can't really find her. We now see Anna talking to her father. And he's having a drink. She hates it. And, you know, you should be taking your medicine. And he's like, I use it to take my medicine. And she informs him, you know, there's a meal, a meeting with Cecilia Chun tomorrow. And you need to be there, but you don't have to say anything. And he's like, okay, I'll put on the show. And she wants to show that she's really in charge. And you need to announce it. And, you know, they really need this deal or they're going to go chapter 11, which I assume is bad. And Anna admits to making decisions that have failed. Um, but she is not the CEO until he announces it. We see Hilda again, looking at her fancy pocket watch, stopwatch. It is now Friday, the 25th, 9 a.m. And they're going to go through all the cruise rooms. And Hilda notices Jules isn't there. He's nowhere to be seen but they need to search his room because that's weird they go in and they just turn it over they're going through all his stuff Rufus is going over his books looking through looking over his bedding Hilda finds a photo it's with a woman that that's all we know um he gets to his mattress and feels something that doesn't feel right takes the bedding off he finds like a notch cut into it and pulls it out there's nothing in it and then Hilda finds a book and in the book is written April 27th 2019 to Simon for your ever expanding adventures dad and then like PS greatest twist by the way that's not Jules's book. It's one of his crew members, Simon. He was like lending it to him. That hints to them they need to go back to Simon's room. We now see Imogen studying the dead end that Layla conveniently just disappeared from. And like how she could just disappear. And she, like, feels the walls, feels the floors with her feet to try and see, like, hidden doorway. And she finds this little pinhole. So she pops an earring out and sticks it in. And a door opens. We now see Anna with Eleanor. And it's just her. And the, but like, a dolly of all the corporate history. Like, let's get this over with. And now we're back in Simon's room and they're looking over his books because if Jules has his book, he must have one of Jules books. And there is a one book 
that is not like the other. 20th century history. They pull it out. Simon admits, that's not my book. And we hear Rufus say, it turned out Jules Trousen was an alias. They open the book up and in it is carved out with a bunch of passports and cash. The man running security on the Varuna had a rap sheet longer than the overwritten metaphor. We see Imogen going down some stairs deeper into the ship. And it looks like it's like the engine room, the control area where all the mechanics are to the ship. He was just like Danny in that way. Made sure others underestimated him. Jules surprises Imogen by like pushing her against the wall, hand over her mouth. And tells her, you shouldn't have come here. Our mistake, Rufus says. And the episode ends. So we now have Jules, who is a fake name. Danny, who was impersonating, or not impersonating, pretending to be someone else. Llewellyn is still missing. I mean, we know where he is, but someone should, like, go into Llewellyn's room. The man's been missing for 24 hours. I think um, the front desk would give you a key to go in there. I still have no idea who did this. Um... That's it. That's all I have. I have no idea who did this. We know how good I am with only murders in the building, even though then I still could give you a better suggestion than this show. But it's getting good. Um, the fourth episode drops Tuesdays. I'll try to be a bit quicker with that episode, but no promises. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. I'm now going to go upstairs. I'm going to eat some of my Toscana or Zopa Toscana soup. Um, I'm sure it's nice and simmered and delicious. I'm going to have a big piece of bread with it to dip in and get all the goodness. But, you know, what I would really appreciate it if you uh, rate, liked, and review this episode, this podcast, wherever it is you listen. Um, share it with friends. Tell them to watch this show and then listen to this. Not the best uh, recap, but, you know, it gets the message across. And then tune in for the next one. I hope you all have a great day, great evening, great morning, whatever. And just, you know, relax. I don't know how to end this. Bye. Oh, and if you want to follow me um on instagram or the show on instagram it's something dot about dot podcast give us a little follow i post i reshare a lot of stuff and that's really it but give us a follow okay now for real bye